Okay, so what is that purpose that you're doing things? What, what is the meaning behind it? And once we start to unpack the story, not that a lot of change has to happen. Generally speaking, it's about perspective and it's about per perspective for themselves, for what, how they're viewing themselves, how they're showing up, and also the perspective of what this external validation. And so many of us guys still need this external validation. We need our partner, we need our friends, we need our bosses to tell us that we're, that we're good people, that we're, we're doing the right thing. And while that's great, if you aren't willing, if you aren't open enough, if your heart's not open enough to be, to allow and accept what's being given to you, then you're going to struggle. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Coffee, bacon, tobacco, pine trees. Is there anything that smells better? Believe it or not, there is, and it's a fresh leather holster. If you stop by craftholsters.com, you'll open the door to a safe and comfortable carry, not only for yourself, but your entire family. Look, they've got holsters for both concealed, open carry, semi-autos, revolvers, righties, and of course, they have some holsters for you too, lefties. And all of that at a reasonable price. You gotta go check them out at craftholsters.com. And you're the creator of The Awakened Man. You're a coach. You're a podcast host. You're an author. You're so much more, man. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Eric, for being on the show. Really appreciate having you on, having me on there. Man, I love to kick things off by going back a bit. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you? Yeah, you know what? I grew up in uh, real small towns, uh, Saskatchewan. It's a prairie province here in Canada. I'm living in Winnipeg now. It's a province next door. Think North Dakota or South Dakota, you know, Longmire type of idea. Really small, okay. 500 people. Uh, it was my preteen years. And then my father got a job at the, at the potash mine. It was uh, one of the big sustaining uh, industries in, in the province at the time. And so we moved to a little bit larger community. And and uh, because of the mine there, we had all the resources and everything you'd have in a big city, but it was still small town feel, right? Like maybe 5,000 people. Wow. And I just loved that atmosphere growing up. And it's something that uh, always wanted to make sure I kept close to me uh, because it was so personal. And uh, so even though I live in Winnipeg, you know, we're just, just creeping over the 700,000 people mark. And, but it's still got that small town feel, right? Like there's still ditches on the, in the area of the city that I live in. And we still have ditches, you know, I... I'm just kind of a bit of a, I guess, a Canadian redneck. We just like playing around and hanging oh, out. Man, that was and, the best part. Of it. <laughs> yeah, like it was just, uh, so it's just kind of, I just, what I really enjoy about uh, about uh, small town living is just, you really get a chance to know everybody, right? There's no yep. disconnect. And I just wanted to make sure as I grew up and, you know, that we didn't have places where you didn't know your neighbor, you couldn't go and say hi. And, and so, uh, yeah, we just love it here. It, I've never been to Winnipeg, but it sounds very familiar to like the city that I grew up in. It's, you know, we had the ditches. It was kind of the deserty. We kind of knew everybody, you know, yeah. um, and it's growing like crazy. And, and I no longer live there in Washington, but I'm out in Idaho, but we're growing like crazy out here as well. Um, but I miss that kind of small town feel, but, you know, yeah. I live in a smaller town, but it's growing too fast out here for me. I'm like, all right, I'm kind of ready for the, the, the 20 acres, right? You know? Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> give me some space, man. Just give me some space. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're successful now with the awakened man, but what was the breaking point for you? What was it that got you on the path that you're on today? You know, really the breaking point was uh, when my life totally lost purpose and meaning. 
mm. you know, and uh, and I think for a lot of uh, for a lot of guys, you know, when that happens, we 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 let's, let's just go back a little bit. We start, started talking about my childhood, right? Yeah, you know, I had these big dreams that you know I was going to be a professional sports star, right? Hockey's big up here, you know. We have our own brand of uh, football, the Canadian Football League, and I, that's that's what I thought I was going to grow up. I was, that's what I was going to do for a living, and then. When I realized that, uh, you know, I, I could hardly skate and uh, my folks didn't have a lot of cash. So, you know, I'm the oldest of five that hockey wasn't going to be a thing here. And and so I had to look and do something different. And then I really, you know, I at that as I get into my teen years, I really wanted to be uh, a chef. Right. I got influenced by, you know, Graham Kerr was a big was a big had a TV show down south there with uh, the Galloping Gourmet and. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, Three's Company and, you know, Jack Tripper. And I just thought, hey, what a Come beautiful on. way to live a life. Just, you know, a single guy with a couple of gorgeous women. That'd be a great way to, to live life. But, of course, <laughs> life never really rolls out that way. It rolls out much differently. And, and while my yeah. professional career at the time was great, like I competed in a culinary Olympics and, you know, won some medals and everything was fantastic on that aspect. My personal life just sucked, man. It was just mm-hmm. in the toilet. And so... I married my high school sweetheart. That ended up, we ended up by, you know, having a couple of children, which was outstanding. And but we uh, pressures of life got to us, and we ended up by getting divorced. And I, that was the really the first domino that fell. That I realized why I, you know, started asking myself, if I, why am I so, if things are so great professionally, why can't my personal life be this way? Mm-hmm. And it's because I didn't have any. I took everything for granted, and I think as to be really to be a whole and complete man. We have to have that in all aspects of life. That doesn't mean that we put equal amounts of time and energy and everything, but it's the quality of the relationship. And I and I realized when that when that separation and that uh, divorce happened, uh, you know, it just wiped me out. It, it, you know, I had to claim bankruptcy. I had to really start completely from scratch. And that was in uh, you know that was on pretty much on my thirtieth birthday. And so I start on this path, right? And and. I came across these set of tapes by Jack Canfield called uh, Self-Esteem and Peak Performance. So back then, you know, everything was a cassette, right? So, yep. <laughs> you know, I'm old enough to remember to have that, right? You stick it in the car and, you know, listen to it. And, and I got to tell you, brother, I, I wore those things out. Like, mm. like the tape, right? You take it out of, the de- out of the deck and it was just wore out because I just needed that. I realized how I wanted and needed so much external validation because I didn't have any self-appreciation for myself so self-conscious about how people would what people would think about me how well i would you know how i was being perceived and uh and it really you know shook me to my core and it put me on a 25-year journey to try to to figure this answer out and and get how do i become a how do i show up as a man in all aspects of my life yeah and then you know fast forward to about five years ago and then uh, my my current wife and I've had uh, went through a real bit challenging time, and there was some infidelity in the relationship, and and uh, you know, and it was on it was on my part. So you're probably thinking, well, geez, the guy's doing all this work, like wouldn't he have, wouldn't he have wisened up? But the problem is, is that how many times do we go to classes? Do we take stuff like I'm trained in a few things, NLP and timeline and self hypnosis and stuff, but if it's just a mental idea mm-hmm. aspect of it, and we don't actually put it in our hearts. Yeah, then it's not worth the time and energy that we're putting into it. And thankfully for for me, that my my wife saw the man inside of me that was yet to be revealed, and gave me that opportunity to do the work. So just so everyone's clear, right? We're we're together here today because I did the work. It was up to me to do what needed to be done, 
she has her stuff to, to work with and work on and and uh, you know and god bless her that she does that work but we have as, as men we have to take responsibility and i always say in my men's work that we need to take responsibility in three areas of our life first one is for where you are everything you have around you is based on the thoughts words and actions that you've taken so take responsibility for where you're at Two, take responsibility for who you are in those actions are what you're revealing to who you are as an individual to the world. And so if you say that you value, you know, it's family time and you're actually at work all the time and you're doing everything else, then really what you're saying, what, what your value is, is not with your family. And so you got to work on that stuff. So I spent a lot of time with our guys working on understanding and crafting that, that, that consistency, that synchronicity and get an alignment with what our values and beliefs are. And then the third one is to be, take responsibility for, who you aspire to become, like who, I challenge the guys to answer, the, to complete the sentence, I'm the kind of man who, and then put that after it. And brother, you live by that motto alone. You don't need to go take another class. You don't need to you know, do anything else. If, if you, you craft that statement, I'm telling you, and you live by it truthfully and hold yourself to that, then, you're, then, then you will come a long, long way into evolving into that, into that person. And so that's kind of where the, the work came to. And yeah. And uh, and so it really challenged me to to look at it at at life differently. And and when I was going through these these issues, to be honest with you, there's just nowhere for men to go. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go to some grief counseling and you can go to these other types of scenarios, but there's always a mixed crowd, right? What I right. mean by that, there'll be some women in the crowd. There'll be maybe some people you don't trust, you're not sure of. And for guys, we need to have that safety. Yeah, we're still in the end. We're still little boys inside. And until we can address that, you know, that little man, then he's not going to get a chance to grow up. He's not going to get a chance to evolve. And so I created this, the awakened man. So guys would have a safe place free of shame, blame, and judgment, man, just come in. Let's talk about what's going on with you and let's work together to help raise the standards that you're showing up as a father or a husband or an entrepreneur. Man, thank you so much for for sharing your story. That's um, man, what what a crazy journey that you've been on. But the impact that you're doing today is awesome, man. And just reading through your website and seeing this the testimonials, man. When when men come to you and they join into the uh, the Waken Man, is yeah. there a common theme that you see them struggling with, and how do they get through that? Yeah, you know what the. They're definitely, and that's why I started off this, this conversation with, it's definitely about losing meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whether, and I find it's usually in three areas of life, right? It's whether, whether their marriage is not working and it could be not working because they're not connected any longer to in, in their marriage. Like they've focused, like I was 25 years ago, focused on the external things and, and taking my marriage for granted. Their career is stagnated. Maybe that's a business. Not all of us are business owners. And so maybe their career stagnated. Again, they had these dreams that they're going to be at a certain place in life and it hasn't happened, you know, or their personal life has just totally flatlined. And all of those three areas all come back to the same thing. We have, we, we, we sleepwalk through life. Mm-hmm. And so we have, we may have purpose in terms of, you know, okay, got to get up, go to work, you know, you know, go to my career, do what I'm doing to, you know, put food on the table on that, but there's no meaning behind it or the meaning behind it. The story we've been telling ourselves is outdated and it hasn't been refreshed. And mm-hmm. so really the work now for that we do is to help guys to 
okay, so what is that purpose that you're doing? Things? What, what is the meaning behind it? And once we start to unpack the story, not that a lot of change has to happen. Generally speaking, it's about perspective and it's about per perspective for themselves, for what, how they're viewing themselves, how they're showing up, and also the perspective of what this external validation. And so many of us guys still need this external validation. We need our partner, we need our friends, we need our bosses to tell us that we're, that we're good people, that we're, we're doing the right thing. And while that's great, if you aren't willing, if you aren't open enough, if your heart's not open enough to be, to allow and accept what's being given to you, then you're going to struggle. Mm -hmm. And so it really comes down to purpose and meaning for with the guys that I, that I work with. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tranquil Turtle Massage. They are located right in the heart of downtown Coeur d'Alene and Tracy is a master massage specialist and Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. Look, my wife and I go see her and her team every single month and we walk away feeling great. Sore muscles are gone. We feel relaxed. You got to go check them out. Tell them I sent you for 25 bucks off your massage package. Also, while you're there, make sure you check out CDA Brows Body and Ink, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fiberblast, tightening, and PMU services. Tell them I sent you and you'll save 100 bucks on your tattoo brows or plasma tightening. Make sure you check out Tranquil Turtle Massage and CDA Brows Body and Ink at pnwmobilemassage.com. I think there's a lot of men that... We, we feel like we have to be manly and we can't share our emotions and our feelings. Why do you think that men struggle so much with trying to open up and, and share our feelings with yeah. people? Yeah, that's a great question, Eric. For me, I think the reason why we struggle that is that we don't, we haven't learned how to. Because you remember, in, at least in my upbringing, I can remember, and this might sound familiar, uh, having, uh, having a, a fit and a tantrum so to speak, and not necessarily in the two, two, two year old, but even at five year old and getting upset. And yeah. my father, uh, I was raised in a Catholic family and, you know, we went to church every Sunday and, and, and my father lived by the, by the belief that spare the rod, spoil the child. And being the oldest of five, I can tell you that I wore my old man out because, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't a lick every other <clears throat> weekend, excuse me, it was me stepping out of line and driving my mother crazy, you know, and, and, and I can tell you that while that was a hard upbringing for, for me, uh, and I'm, we're talking about how guys don't learn how to express emotion, I still wouldn't change anything. Because if he hadn't, you know, here's, the pers here's what I mean by perspective. Some guys grow up, and I was that guy, that I hated my father for a while. But I, I would hate him because of the beatings I would get. But in that thought, you didn't hear me take any responsibility, did you? Mm-hmm. And we don't understand, as children, we don't understand it, for sure not. But as we get older as adults, what part of that can I own? And that's what I, that's what I mean by that little boy that's inside of us and, and helping, helping him understand and to grow up that everything's going to be okay. And so we didn't learn how to express emotions. And if we did, it was generally an extreme. And mm -hmm. so when that extreme, that extreme intensity would come out of fear, or anger, or jealousy, then that was suppressed. And we learned at a really young age, you just got to suppress it. You just can't let it because bad things happen, right? Bad things happen. And right. then that carries over into our relationships, right? You see that also in how our relationships are modeled. And, you know, mm -hmm. again, I know my father's no longer with us, but, you know, one of the things I learned is that I never saw my parents argue. And my mom used to get on my father like something fierce. And I always thought that, you know, that, uh, you know, that, in a way she kind of emasculated him. 
but I, I, I thought that for years until, you know, uh, maybe about 15 years ago, we were working on a project and I always knew I could call dad. I said, Hey dad, we're going to do a bit of roofing. Do you want to come down for a visit for the weekend? And you know, we'll cook for you, take care of you. Yeah. He'd come down. And so anyways, we're on the roof and we're doing some work and my mom's doing her usual thing and screaming at him. His name was Art. It's Art. Why? Careful up there. You're going to fall. Art this, Art that. And yeah. He just looks at me just like, I just wish she would shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed because all these years I thought he didn't have her say anything back. Yeah. But I knew that in his, you know, in his heart that probably after us kids were gone, you know, when we were in bed, then him and mom had the conversation, you know, mm. and talked about those types of things. Right. But we have this vision and then we, so we learn these behaviors thinking that this is the way it is. And so we don't know how to express. So when we get into relationships and, you know, our, second most important relationships generally going to be our marriages that when our wives start to respond similar to what we've seen in our models, we may not know how to interact with that. We may not know how to deal with that because we're going to use an old coping mechanism. Yeah. And so part of this work is helping guys to understand how, where those emotions come from and then how to move from being aggressive, that aggressive side of our masculinity and how we can be more assertive. So setting a, setting a boundary, being able to, you know, if you need to take a time out, man, you take a time out to come back, to calm yourself in so that you can express what you need to express. And so we spend a lot of time doing that work. Yeah. Wow. I know that I struggled with those same things of, of, yeah. you know, I didn't have a good marriage to look at when I was a kid. My parents were quiet. I never saw them argue. I didn't know that my dad was an alcoholic forever. You know, I'd find empty oh. bottles in the garage, but I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah. You know, uh, and they never had fights. So when I got married, I only knew the bad side of marriage because my parents got divorced when I was 11. I ran into the, you know, they, my mom and him just both had abusive relationships after that. Right. And so when I got married, I had no idea how to share my emotions with my wife. How, no idea how to connect with her. And I remember we were only probably four months into a marriage and I was like, maybe I should go to counseling. And I'd never been to a counselor before. And I was like, yeah. you know, here's me in my early 20s, mid 20s, sitting on a couch in this dude's office. And he starts asking me about my childhood. I'm like, what does that have to do with my marriage? And man, <laughs> I just remember this booger crying in these moments going, holy crap, man, I was raised not well at all. Like, I, and I just was never taught to open up and have emotions and I had to take responsibility for the choices that I make. And, and I didn't at the time, you know, throughout high school and this 10 year drought, like I would blame it. Oh man, it's my parents and this. Yeah. I didn't have guidance, but I also chose to live a life of craziness. Right. You know, I uh, didn't take responsibility for that, man. So good on this journey of life, uh, you know, going through the ups and downs that you have and, and starting to awaken man and the band of brothers that you have. What's yeah. the greatest lesson that you've learned? You know, for me, the greatest lesson to learn is that we're all the same. It doesn't matter where, where we've come from, what our upbringing is. We all struggle with the same things. We struggle with our identity. We struggle, you know, as men, as, as to understand our place in life. We struggle with really understanding how to, how to be men. And, and it wasn't as important. I, not that it wasn't as important. I think it wasn't as, as uh, prevalent. Until we started to get in probably in the last, I would say, maybe 10 years. And I know there's been other men's work back, you know, with Robert Bly and, you know, back in the 80s, late uh, early 90s there with uh, some Iron John and some of that work. But it really didn't start to kick in until about 2010. At least that's what my research is showing me, that guys started to understand that, you know what, I'm not sure where I, where, how I fit in this world. 
because our dreams are, are not, as children, generally speaking, hasn't turned out. And it's because we haven't been given a roadmap and we don't. And so we're, we're just trying stuff. And so the biggest lesson I've had is that, that we're all coming from the same piece, from the same place, basically. And the second lesson that I've learned is that community is everything. Like you can, you can, you can go a certain ways on your own, but you can go way further with a band, with a band of brothers, with a group of individuals who support and, and encourage you. And, and in our work, we, while I said, we, there's no shame, blame and, and, uh, and judgment, we still hold each other accountable. And so we always end off each, each meeting with, you know, what is it you're willing to commit to do the next time we, by the next time we get together, it doesn't have to be anything big, but what are you going to commit to do? And it yeah. starts the process for guys to, you know, start to move forwards in our life because we like to tell, especially some guys really like to tell their story over and over again and just stay stuck. Yeah. And, uh, and brother, we just want to help you get, you know, get out of the mud, you know, and just take a, take a step forward, right? That's real fun, you know, but uh, it's time for us to get out of that piece, that, that part of our life, because it's, you're allowing it to define you. You're allowing it to mm. define who you are. And it's a one small aspect and we can change that perspective and that meaning, then you can start to evolve into who, who it is you truly want aspire to be. Man. Yeah. That's, that's huge for me. And one of the things that I say is my past and other people's opinions of me does not define my future. Mm -hmm. And I think if, if once we realize that, once I personally realized that, it was like, man, the opportunities of amazing relationships and networking yeah. and business and everything started to open up mm -hmm. once I let go of that past. But I think a lot of men, we hold on to that victim mentality for, for life, you know, uh, we just don't get, we can't get over that. I think having that group, that band of brothers is so important. And I'm yeah. part of a bunch of mastermind groups and a bunch of groups with men. And it's so good yeah. to just like be there and just not unload or puke up all of our nastiness, right? But be able to go and share like, man, this is what I'm struggling with this week. Or man, this is what I yeah. can commit to. I love that you have the band of brothers together, man. So good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think it's important that guys understand why why we do this work. It's And it's because yeah. we all, in, in my opinion, we all need that help. And mm -hmm. while we may feel that, you know, I, you know I, the other one of the things I say is like, life is a do-it-yourself project. That doesn't mean do it by yourself. It means do it for yourself. Yeah. And when you understand the difference in that, then you know that then, then you know that there's people there to help you. And I like that you bring up about, you know, the guys that will sit there and, and potentially puke all over all over everyone. And that's just an indication. And I, I have a I've had a couple of guys join the group and, and be like that. And, and it always says to me, here's a man who's never had an opportunity to unleash. Yeah. To really get it off. And so it's not always the you know, it's a, as you know, moderating anything that, that you've had to, to do, there's that fine line between, you know, getting that energy out to, in order to get to a point where he can, he can start to settle down and settle in and then be open because it's been so pent up. And I think, you know, we go, go back to the emotions, right? Because we're, we're great stuffers, stuffing our emotion down, stuff it, stuff it. Then when it does come out, that's how it, one of the ways it'll come out. It'll be a complete vomit of the entire life story. Yeah. Or it's going to come out as rage, right? And and so it's a it, it's interesting watching this ha happen and, and seeing how where they're struggling. And generally speaking, what ends up by when that when that occurs and you know, we manage it within the group, but then it's it right for me that means okay, you know, if that was happening with you, Eric, I'd be, you know, in an email if I didn't have your phone number and calling you right away. It's like, brother, what's what's going on? 
yeah. and start, yeah. to, start to work through that because the worst thing that can happen is, and that's why I really struggled with counseling pieces. Hey, you've yeah. got your hour time and then you got to go. And many times we leave that and we're, we're in the, we're still, our energy is still peaked. Yep. And we haven't yep. been able to drop it down enough and to, and to take care of it. Because to me, it's not a financial transaction. Right. It's a personal transaction. Have I yeah. completed the work that needed to be done at this stage? And I think that's what's really important. It's so important to do that. You know, it, as men, we want to be the providers for our families and we want to put food on the table and we want to be successful in business and our corporate jobs and things like that. But there's this myth of, I say, work-life balance. And you guys did this blog post on your website recently about this. Like, can you deep dive in? What, what, tell me about this myth of, of work-life balance, man. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, great, great question. You know, we think that this work-life balance is all about 50-50. Yeah. And we need to spend 50% time. If I'm at work, you know, eight hours a day, then I got to spend eight hours, another eight hours for my family. But it's really about... It's really about understanding where we are in life and communicating with our families and with, with the important ones. There are going to be times in life, you know, for example, this work that I'm doing here with the Awaken Man, many conversations I have with, uh, with my wife, Kim, that, hey, I've got a really busy week this week. I have 10 interviews to do. I have extra, extra time to put in. So this is my commitment to you is that I, I'll commit to be, I'll get out of the office by 8.30 every day, 8.30 p.m., and so the balance then becomes is, okay, I'm, I said I'm going to do a certain piece and I'm going to hold to it. So she knows that I still value our relationship, even though I'm not sitting beside her on the couch or we're doing something together or, or working in the yard, that she knows that there's still, that I'm still putting some value and, and input into the relationship. And I think there are seasons like that for all of us in life where work will tend to take more of our time, but because we don't, we take our families for granted and we don't have that communication, then we have this myth that, well, then I need to have, try to balance, get 50, 50. And so we think, well, we'll just book a vacation. Yeah. Brother, she needs something way more than a wait for a vacation. Right. She needs to know that you're present now today. And so mm -hmm. it's about having those conversations up front. And then when the season comes that you're not as busy is that you're, you are putting time into the relationship. And yeah. it may be that harder conversation. I say it's harder because sometimes we struggle with telling our employer or our employees that, listen, like this is time I need to take away from the business to spend away, to spend, you know, rebuilding and fortifying that relationship at home. And I think when we can understand and do that, then we'll have a, a far more fulfilling, fulfilling life. And we don't have to worry about trying to have this imaginary teeter totter of, uh, of balancing life and business. Man, it's so true to, to do that. And I know I've struggled with like taking all of my paid time off from the, my employer of the years, like, you know, uh, trying to just set aside time with family and things like that. It's because I'm just trying to yeah. make sure that I have putting food on the table. Right. But then I don't think about that, man. I'm like, I have to actually set aside time to be with my family and, and do that. Thanks. One of the things that I started doing about two years ago, was I started uh, a, a hardback journal and every day I would wake up when I get into the bathroom, before I leave that bathroom, I write a message to my wife in that journal and just date it. And so she wakes up and she sees a message for me every day. Now, love it. not every day are we on the same page. So sometimes that message is like super loving. And sometimes it's like, man, I'm really sorry. I messed up, right? Like, yeah. but I'm communicating with her on a daily basis. And 
not that that's like the savior of our marriage or anything like that, but it's a great step for us to have great, good communication at times, yeah. um, especially if we're, we're not on the same page, right? Yeah. Well, you see, and, and great point to bring up because women are about connection. Yeah. Men, generally speaking, and this is really broad brush here. Women are about connection. Men are about doing. And when we have, and when we can understand, when we can recognize that and, and what you're doing is creating connection. Yep. And so when we can think of the things that we can put into, and it's about, you know, I, 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 I talk about it being a fortifying that relationship. That's a, that's one piece of taking this imaginary bridge. That's our relationship, our marriages and putting a few more nails and screws in there and replacing a broken board and to, to, to so that she knows and understands that she's still really important to me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I screw up, you know, and, and, and when I do, I'm going to own it. Yeah. And if we need to talk about it later, then, then then let's create time to talk about that so we can work through it. Because when we do that little bit of work, man, it's it's, it's so simple what you're doing, yet so profound. And it just changes the dynamic of, of, of the relationship. And it shows that as a, as, as a, a man, you're how to lead in the family, mm-hmm. you're not waiting for her to come to you when she's finally had enough and said, Eric, you know, and doesn't just berating you because you've let things slide that you're yeah. recognizing it. And I think that's so key for, yeah. for all of us to learn. I love what you're doing with that. Ah, uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. I want to talk about your podcast real quick. I know we're running down on time, but yeah. you, you started this podcast back in 2020. I think if I'm, if I'm was doing my research correct there, yeah. a, a lot of people started podcasts in the, the COVID time there. Why did you decide to start this podcast and, and what's been the biggest struggle for you when you started, like that you ran into as you've been doing this podcast thing? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, we started around 2020. It was originally called the uh, Evolutionary Man pod, podcast. And then uh, and then I found somebody else had a similar name and it was getting lost. So I wasn't really sure when I started because while podcasting is fun, it uh, I wasn't sure if I was committed to it. Mm-hmm. And so I only did about 20 odd episodes in the first year. And then last year, I really committed to, to doing my best to do one episode a week. And, uh, and the reason for doing that was I wanted to really dive into and meet amazing people like yourself. Like I learned so much as the, as you know, as the creator of the awakened man, sometimes I find, and I'm sure you find in your work, Eric, that, you know, how do I get, where do I get filled up? How do I get my, my fulfillment, my nourishment? And I find it through podcasting. I find it through having guests like yourself on the show, other folks getting different perspectives where I may have thought of one way Man, I didn't consider that. Like just even today about the writing the note in the heart and the in the heart uh, journal, I thought like such cool insights into how we can be better as men. And so I created this. It's totally free for everyone. It's an opportunity to get a sense of what we're all about here at the Awakened Man, but even more so about getting perspectives of other people. And and I try to find guests who've gone through a, a, their own hero's journey. They've gone and been through the lowest parts of life. Yeah. And then being able to resurrect and get to a point of where they're doing so much better. And we can, you may not recognize or f- learn from my, from my story, but maybe you'll learn something from Eric's or maybe you'll learn something from a different guest. And that's really the goal of the podcast is to help guys see that no matter where you come from, man, we're all cut, cut from the same cloth. You just got to find the right community to help you get through it. Man, it's so good, dude. I love this. Is my this is where I I light up, man. I you know I do work the full time job, but I do this. And, but this is my purpose, man. I love yeah. this. The connection, the network, and the conversations that come yeah. out of podcasting, man. Ellen, you're such an absolute world changer, man. Men need to be listening to your podcast. Men to be 
uh, men need to be part of the band of brothers, man. And, and following you, thank you so much for your time, man. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And I really look forward to doing more stuff with you in the future. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.